Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. What are we talking about today? Today's the day. This is an episode we look forward to every year. We've been teasing it the last few weeks on the episode. We will be doing our third annual quarterback power ranking. So for those of you, yeah, we're talking, we're talking quarterbacks today. So for those of you that, you know, have been with us for a long time, you've heard us. uh, We did one in 19. We did one in 20. If you, you know, haven't been with us for a long time, you're a new listener. I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the old ones and, Here's some of the really good and bad takes that I think that both of us have had. So we'll go through the quarterbacks and then we'll do the over under game for the NFC East this week. And that'll be it. But before we get into the show, word from our sponsor, August is here with tons of exciting sports action and bet online is where you should go to win money today with major league baseball, the second half of the season and the NFL preseason finally here. There's plenty of lines, prop bets, and futures to love. You got anything this week? Um, I don't. I don't have any preseason lines up there for next week, so I don't have anything. Okay. So no no bets this week. That's all right. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head to betonline.ag and start playing today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right. Let's start talking quarterbacks. I say this every year, but, you know, I want to kind of preface everything that we talk about here, how we rank these quarterbacks. This isn't this is a snapshot for the 2021 season. All right. This is this is how we see these quarterbacks, where they stand. At this point in time right now, looking forward to how we anticipate they will perform in the upcoming season. You know, it's it's more of a gut feeling of, of, you know, how we anticipate their performance is going to be versus past performance. Now, look, past performance brings biases and things like that into the mix, but we're not sitting here going, okay. This is based on how this guy's played over the last two or three years. Again, it's a snapshot of what we think it looks like as of today moving forward. Ranking quarterbacks, subjective. It's definitely not an exact science. I think we've learned that. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting. I was looking back on 19 and 20. You know, we've seen some opportunities for guys to move up over the past few years because of retirements and things like that. Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees. So we've seen some guys move up as a result of their performance. And we've also seen some guys in the past few years move up because holes were opened up by retirement. So I don't know. You got any anything else you want to say to kind of preface it before we get into it? No, except when I was doing this, 
it's weird. Like I have guys ranked in spots and I'm like, well, I'd rather have this guy than this guy. That's a couple spots ahead of him. So like it's, but I don't think that he's better than him right now. Like, right. And it, it might be certain things too, like situation, age, you know, any number of things. So like, I don't remember feeling like that the last couple of times I've done this. So I just felt like that was interesting. When I have a tie or I'm sitting there and I'm looking at guys, and I'm like, how do I rank this? I think I've said this in the past too. I, I say, okay, fourth quarter, two minutes left in the game. It's a third and eight. What guy do I want? Which, which one would I rather have in that situation? That's usually the tiebreaker for me. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, I mean, that's a good way of doing it for sure. Um, but, you know, I left it. I left it. I looked at the numbers and what I think they're going to look like this year. And I left them. I'm like, I would definitely rather have, and I'm thinking of a specific instance and we'll get into it, but I'm okay. like, I would rather have this guy than this guy, but I'm keeping it that way. So who's, who's in your tier one this year? The past couple of years, I think your tier one's been like two or three guys. I've consistently had four in my tier one. Who do you got up there this year? And it, is there any movement or is it? Obviously, Breeze retired. I believe he was in your tier one or near your tier one. So any movement up there and who's in your tier one? He was at the top of, of tier two for me. He was number he was I had him fourth overall. So I have three guys in my top tier. I had three guys last year. My three last year were Mahomes, Russ and Lamar. Russ and Lamar have fallen out. Aaron Rodgers, welcome back to the club. And at number two, Patrick Mahomes, is he's locked in at number one until, you know, until he retires here. Uh, Tom Brady at three. I mo- I put him in there. I was going to put him at the top of tier two and just have the two, but I, I did put him in there. Like what he did is just insane. Um, looking at some of the numbers that, uh, that he had, he, <laughs> it's just nuts. Seven, almost a 7% big time throw percentage. And these are from PFF and a 1.8 turnover worthy play percentage. These are like the lowest of the low on this list and the high and the highest of the high for the big time throws. Um, he did have a high bad throw percentage from, if you look at the stats on uh, pro football reference, but I, I don't know exactly how they grade those, but uh, 72.5 QBR. He was just, you know, it took him a little while to get used to the offense there. Cause it was different than what he was used to, but just unbelievable. And he also had the, like the longest, we talked about this year over year going back from 19, uh, you know, 19 and and 20 when we did these ranks. His average depth of target had gone down pretty uh, substantially over each year. But uh, this year he was up at, let's see here, 9.2, <laughs> which is uh, the highest on the list. So he's throwing it downfield, pushing it downfield, using those weapons. And, um, also, like time in the pocket, like he was just getting rid of the ball so quickly, two point four two seconds, which uh, for all quarterbacks, that's twenty percent of the snaps. He he ranked fifth. Okay, so his average depth of target, like I said, was um, nine point two, which was the highest. And there's other guys on this list that are that are faster than him, like Ben Roethlisberger. It was at, he was the quickest at two point one seven seconds, and his average depth of target was. 6.9. So, you know, it's insane, you know, and that's a, that's a low number for your average yeah. depth of target. So to, to be getting rid of the ball that quickly and pushing it, the ball down the field that far, that frequently is just uber, uber impressive. I love all the Brady love. It's good that it, you know, after 20 years or whatever, you finally, you finally gotten here. 
So you have him at number three. Is that what I heard correctly? Yes. Just for reference purposes, where did you have him ranked last year? Last year, I had him eighth. It's a little higher than I remember. Okay. For me, my, my tier one has changed a little bit. Obviously, four guys. Drew Brees was one of them. He retired. We have a guy that was not in my tier one last year that has moved up into it. Uh, and he was what? Because I, I did I did myself a favor and I went back and listened to that episode. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, was, we had some we had some takes, um, but uh, there was a qualifier. I believe the guy that we're talking about is is you know my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said you, for Pat Mahomes to be in my top <laughs> tier next year, one of these guys would need to retire. That's exactly what, what happened. I said, and that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what happened. Now, the interesting thing, the interesting thing, I had him jump Russell Wilson. Okay, so he did. Russell Wilson did not move to three. Pat Mahomes jumped Russell Wilson to to third. Look, we're, we're huge fans of Russell Wilson on this podcast. I think he did some things, especially in the second half of the season last year, that were a little bit disappointing in terms of how he protected the ball and had games where he had multiple turnovers and, you know, it just, it stuck with me. And as I'm evaluating moving forward, I just can't see, I, I, I think Mahomes is, is, is better. So we'll leave it at that. So my, my top tier is Aaron Rodgers has been number one every year. Tom Brady's been number two every year, MVP and Super Bowl MVP. So my, my, my tier one's actually pretty good, right? I mean, I did pretty good last year with that. Uh, Mahomes is third. And then, like I said, uh, Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson himself is is number four. So we talked about Brady on your list moving from eight to three. So that, you know, that's that I would qualify that as a big riser. Who were some other guys that were big risers on your on your list this year versus last year? Well, the, the biggest one was um Josh Allen. Josh Allen goes from number 21 on my list last year, and he was actually, I had him, let's see, listed as the last person in that, my third tier, uh, which goes from ranking 12 to 21, and I moved him all the way up to uh, number four. So he, I got him fourth. He is at the top of, he is at the top of my tier two. Wow. A- any other guys rise? Any other big risers? Yeah, so Josh Allen is it is uh you know my biggest riser, and some other guys that moved up. Let's see here, obviously, you know the, the the two guys that we talked about, Brady to from eight to to three, and uh, Rogers from seven to two. So those guys those guys had a couple good years. Baker moved up for me. Baker moved up from seventeen last year to ten this year, seven spots. Ten. I'm tenth. Yeah, I'm tenth. Yep. Feels a little low, but I won't. It could be. It this could is be. your list. It's not mine. It sure is. And then, really, um, that's it. It was more about droppers for me. Yeah, we'll get there. You know, you talked about Josh Allen, man. It, I'm looking back. I have all three of my lists right in front of me. Meteoric rise for Josh Allen. I was on Josh Allen big last year, obviously, preseason. You know that. 2019, he was rated 28th. 2020, he was rated 20th, and now in 2021, don't have him quite as high as you do. I have him at number six. He's firmly in the middle of tier two. 
in between Deshaun Watson. I, I left Deshaun Watson at five. He hasn't done anything on the field that would make me change my opinion of him as, as a football player. Uh, and he's right in between Josh Allen's right in between Watson and, and Matt Stafford at seven. We've always been high it's on, on Stafford. So no surprise there, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, Herbert last year, I had him at, oh, where he at? I didn't even have him on the list last year because, you know, start of the season, it felt like, uh, Tyrod was going to be the starter there. I have him, I, I have him at nine this year so i have him right in between baker mayfield at eight okay and dak prescott at 10 so we've seen justin herbert move up joe burrow moved up last year he was at 18 this year he's at 11 those are the guys that moved up the most for me who who were the guys that fell for you this year uh yeah i want to touch on some stuff that you mentioned there um okay first of all herbert i didn't have ranked as well last year and what did you say you had him at Ninth? I have him at nine in between Baker and Dak. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is who I was talking about. Um, this is, this is the guy I was talking about uh, in my open when I was saying I'd much rather, I'd much rather have him than, you know, these certain guys ahead of him, but I'm looking at it now. And this, this is my third tier. It's, it's a large tier. And this was really hard for me to rank these guys. And I want to go ahead and just give you all of them. It goes from eight to eighteen, so it's actually it's eleven players. I have Derek Carr at the top of that list. His efficiency, it, he's been, uh, uh, you know, I was impressed with with the numbers when I went back and looked at it. Um, Six point seven big time throw percentage, three three percent turnover uh, turnover worthy play, and I believe he was around eighth or ninth in uh, the EPA and CPOE metric that I like to look at a lot. So very accurate, very efficient, and pushing the ball down the field. So I did have him at eight, and I had Matt Ryan at nine, and you know I got Baker at ten. So that, that that's uh, then I have Ryan Tannehill at eleven, which I moved him up from sixteen last year. His uh, average depth of target dropped a little bit, but uh, still an eighty-five point two PFF grade, which was good for like ninth, I think. Just very, just very same kind of thing with Derek Carr. And then Dak Prescott at 12 obviously didn't play much last year. And his numbers were actually down a little bit if you went, if you look at him. And then uh, Kyler Murray is in this group for me at 13. We talked about Kyler Murray uh, last year about, I, I felt he was overhyped. I feel like uh, that was justified. You know, I, I think I nailed that take. And then I got Justin Herbert in here at 14. Now, I think the only guys that I don't want Herbert I mean, I'll take Herbert over every one of those guys I just mentioned, except for Baker. I think Baker's the only one that I would I would rather have, and that's probably a little homerism. But I think Herbert was was good. I I mean, especially for a rookie. I don't know if people are just like impressed with the with the uh the pressure numbers because they were very good. His pressure numbers were very very good, but everything else he was pretty much you know right around. Middle of the pack, numbers-wise. Um, the only thing that he really, you know, was close to top 10 in was was DVOA, where he was actually 10th. He ranked, uh, sorry, he ranked 11th in, in uh, Football Outsiders metric DVOA. It's defense-adjusted uh, value over average. So it takes into account, you know, those types of, uh, the defense and, um, you know, your value over average. But he did protect the ball well, too. He did have 2.3% uh, turnover-worthy play. 
but uh, only 31 big time throws for a guy with a big arm like that. It's, it's kind of uh, not, not a red flag, but like, I think you want more of those for a guy that's been ranked so high. And, you know, the athletic does a quarterback tier every single year. And so the, uh, the author is Mike Sando and he pulls 50 NFL coaches and evaluators to get their perspective on quarterback tiers. And, um, their tier one is the same as ours. You know, it's Mahomes, it's Rogers, and it's uh, Brady. Russell Wilson's fourth there, but they have in the middle of tier two, they have, let me see here. There he is. Justin Herbert ranked ninth. Okay. So and that's where you have, him, right? That's where I'm, I'm at nine. Yeah. I, I'm just not sure that that's, I think that he could probably get there. So like, I'm probably going to end up with egg on my face. When I go back and listen to this this episode next yeah, year, I mean, you're, you're not like, arguing right now, that he's not there. You just you're not you're not see ready it. to make it. You're not. Yeah, and, and again, this is this is a projection out. So yeah, and maybe I should have him a little bit higher. But I kept looking at the guys that were ahead of him. I'm like, these guys have done more. Their numbers are better. Uh, and they've been in the league longer. They have more experience, so they should be. I just don't get the Derek Carr thing, man. Like. I hear you. You you gave numbers. I just I have them at twenty one. Like you have them at oh nine or whatever. I have them at yeah, twenty one. I have them at, I have them at eight. Eight. I just that's the one that I think a lot of these were really close in within one or two positions. Tannehill, I have at sixteen. You have them at eleven. Uh, Tannehill and Carr are just the two right now that are sticking out to me. Like. But, you know, I mean, there, there's a couple of those every year, so it, it, it makes sense. I mean, we, we, we see we see the, those guys differently. I think, again, I, I encourage anybody to read the, the summary of the show. Luke uses data and statistics to make his evaluation, and I look use my eyes. So, uh, you know, and yeah, it's gonna, and not to say that you don't, but that's I, I'm not I'm not evaluating from a statistical perspective. Guys like Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins don't really pass the eye test, you know. Like I, I admit it too. Like I don't like watching Derek Carr play. Um, Ryan Tannehill is a little bit better. I, you know, he's he's a little bit more e- more fun and easier to watch. But you know, they're just they're so efficient. They lead good offenses. Like so, where do you have <laughs> Kirk Cousins? I moved him down just because I was just so so tired of of watching him i mean he had a 13 last year and i dropped him to 15 so i do have him right in that same group of guys you know and he should probably be maybe even a little a little bit lower i have him at 22 okay. so i have him in yeah, my it's... in my aging vets slash possibly last year with the team tier and that's car 21 cousins 22 cam newton 23 i mean uh those three guys to me are that I, I just I don't know, man. I don't see Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins being the quarterback of the teams they play for right now, starting at the beginning of next year. And you know, I I could I could be wrong, but that's certainly can see. I can certainly, like I said, I, I could see that happening. I just think that you know, I can see him falling from this spot where I have him now. I just his numbers. He had the eighth best PFF passing grade. He was ninth in that CPA, uh, EPA and CPOE, and th- these numbers aren't perfect. They're not. So, like, I try, I try to take that into account. He's ninth in DVOA. He just had a very, very good year. Maybe maybe I should move him down. Um, 
but that's where I felt comfortable with them this year. And, and so that's where I kept him. You know, what's interesting. This is Gruden's fourth year back with the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. I would love to see if he's ever started the seat four straight years, the season with the same starting quarterback, you know, barring any injury or whatever, because, you know, Jeff Garcia said it best. I'm dating myself a little bit here, but he said Gruden doesn't, doesn't marry quarterbacks. He just dates them. I remember one year, like on their 53 man roster, they had seven, seven quarterbacks one year in Tampa. So he is notorious for being a guy that, you know, doesn't give quarterbacks long leashes, you know, maybe the whole thing with him when he was at ESPN doing the the quarterback, uh, the rookie quarterback class thing, when he was prepping with guys for, uh, for the draft or whatever, gave him a little bit of a different perspective. I don't know, but you know, four years in a row, I, I would argue that maybe Rich Gannon is it. And Rich Gannon won like an MVP or two in that span. So that's, that's yeah. maybe one, just one MVP, but on a team that hasn't performed in a wins and losses perspective to have a guy at your starter for four years in a row, I think is a little bit unprecedented for him. All right. So we've talked about some of this stuff. Who, who are the guys that fell the most on your list? Um, I, well, another one that we, that I wanted to touch on was uh, a guy that I think you said you had in your top 10 with Matt Stafford. Where do you have him? Yeah. Stafford. I have at seven, I have Stafford at seven, you know, he's been in that territory in 19. He was at 13 in 20. He was at nine in 2021. He's at seven. We, we have a lot of love for Matt Stafford, but now he's on a, a good team. He's got the most talent around him that he's ever had. He's got a, an offensive mind in Sean McVay that I think is going to lend to his strengths. And he's really going to be able to push the ball downfield and do some different things. So I expect Matt Stafford to be in the MVP conversation. I don't expect him to win the MVP or even, you know, be close to winning the MVP. But I think anytime you have a, con- you're gonna, we're going to have a conversation. And it's, and it's a quarterback award now, right? I mean, quarterbacks are always going to win the MVP. I, I expect you to, them to be talking about Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Wilson, Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield. Like those are the guys that I think are going to be in the conversation this year. And yes, I, I did say Baker Mayfield. Okay. Cause he's a faller for me. And I, I say this and I don't have, you know, I think that that, <laughs> I think that that's a good bet uh, would be, would be Matt Stafford for MVP. I think that he's going to this quarterback friendly offense and I think that he's going to put up numbers, you know, that, that's never been an issue for him. Look, they're going to win a lot. They're going to win a lot of games. He's going to put up a lot of numbers. I mean, so this is going to sound really strange when I say this, because I had him, I had him ninth last year. I dropped him to 16 and maybe low. <laughs> so you have Derek Carr. Yes. Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill ahead of Matt Stafford. Yeah, I should probably switch Stafford and, and Cousins, but um, because yeah, I have Cousins at 15 and Stafford. It's your list, man. I'm not being critical of you. I just want to make sure I'm understanding no, no, no. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, you know, I, I probably will switch Stafford and Cousins. That, that's just like I've already, I've already moved Cousins down a few times just like since we've started recording. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just feel like a little bit of what he did was was fool's gold. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of empty numbers. So, but he's gonna be on a much. He's obviously on a much better team this year. He's going to put up huge numbers, and and you know they're gonna be you know, he'll probably be around in that, in that MVP race, but he was, let's see last year, 
13th of PFF grade, 19th in the, the efficiency metric. I feel like I had I had overrated him a little bit, and I probably you know overcorrected a little bit too much in movement and having him where I have. Maybe I should have him a few spots higher. But um, but yeah, I, I don't I I feel comfortable with where I have. Any other guys tumbling for you? Um, yeah, Cam Newton was a big one that you that you, you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him 15th last year. I have him at 25 this year. Golf, I had at 20. He ended up at 23. This last little tier I have is pretty much well. I guess there's two two tiers at the bottom. I, I rank. I end up ranking 35 guys, but um, did you? I went 33. I, I I've gone 33 every year, so. Because there's always the that one. You so you did put, put all the rookies. I just put them all at the bottom. I I, I just I'm because I have people that have been with us will know that I don't I don't rank the rookies, but uh, I have them 31 through 35. Then my my last tier goes from player 19 to player 30. Oh, that there's a big faller for you. It's Carson Wentz. <laughs> Where did you have him last year? 13. I had him ahead of Deshaun Watson last year. Yeah, you had him <laughs> had at five. I had him five last year, and he comes in for me at 28. So he's the biggest faller. I have him ranked at 13 this year as well. I didn't move him. Yeah, you'll move him down after you see him play. That's, I mean, you were on the fucking Carson Wentz hype train, dude. So I don't, you know, you got, you got to, sometimes you got to stick by these guys when you, when you see something that you believe. All right. So no, for man, me, no, no, no. When, when you get new data, when you get new data, you reassess and you evaluate. The big guys that fell for me, lofty. I think that it's, it's really good for him. He's right in between Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray. I think that's a good spot. They're both Jimmy Garoppolo is a, a faller for me. I had him at 11 last year. He's at 17 this year. He's at the very bottom of the question mark tier. He yeah, very I had low. him 12, and I, I moved him down to 20. This is probably his last year with the 49ers. So probably. eventually at some point, Trey Lance is going gonna, is gonna to take over there. Who knows when, but you know, at some point it's going to happen. It'll either happen this year or you know, during the offseason. They'll, they'll move on from him. Cam's a big faller. From, I had Cam at seven last year. He was in tier two for me last year. I got him at 23 this year. I got him right in between Cousins, of that. Cousins and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I was it, Cam's shoulders fucked up. I mean, there's there's just no doubt about it. He hasn't been the same since he hurt that shoulder. <sighs> you know, I mean, he's still he's still dangerous in, in the green zone, down on the goal line, but you know, in between the twenties, I just—he's just not the same guy anymore. Ben Roethlisberger is a big faller for me. I had him at fifteen last year. He's twenty-five for me. Uh, that's probably being a little bit generous, but you know, they—they they have an offense. They have enough talent around him, and they've structured that offense so and get the ball out quickly. You know, last time we saw him in the playoffs, he threw six interceptions. That's probably who the, that he is as a player moving forward versus the guy that was 11 and 0 in the first 11 games last season. And then last uh, is Jared Goff. He's been a follower for me two years in a row. Uh, in 2019, he was at 16. And then last year, he tumbled down to 25. And this year, I'm at 31. So I have him right ahead of my last spot, which is Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke the Denver quarterback situation for me is 
is probably the worst in the NFL right now. So I have golf just, just ahead of them. Yeah. Golf is a follower for me as well. I mean, I had him at 20 last year. He didn't fall far 23. And this, this last group that I mentioned that goes from 19 to 30, like, I didn't spend too much time putting them in order. It's just how I happened to type them out. And like, so I didn't move them around a whole lot. Um, but a guy that you mentioned that started 11 and 0 last year, I had him last year at 14 and I have him at the top of this tier at 19. Um, so not quite as far. Yeah. And I have Jimmy G right behind him. Just, I, yeah. Like I, I don't want any of these guys. I just don't, I don't want any of them. I, I got lock at 27. Wentz at 28, Hertz at 29, and Darnold at 30. All right. So who, you know, who are the toughest guys for you to rank this year? Obviously, Kirk Cousins <laughs> is one of them. Uh, anybody else that you struggled with a little bit? I'd sound like Herbert. You kind of talked about him. Anybody yes, else? definitely Herb. Uh Burrow, Burrow was a tough, a tough eval for me. Um, I have him in that that uh that large group of guys. He came in at 17 for me. I didn't have him ranked last year. Um, I did like him better than Tua, and he's still ahead of Tua on this list. He was a tough one because, you know, they just threw a ton. Um, and, and then that athletic piece I was talking about with the 50 evaluators, I mean, they had him at like 12 and or 14. I'm sorry, 14. And I guess 17 is not that big a difference there, but um, these are some of the guys that they had him ahead of. Well, Carr for one. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, your boy Wentz comes in at 19 there. But, yeah, that's that was a guy that was – it was just tough for me. You know, 10 games, they threw a lot. Their line wasn't very good. He doesn't have the biggest arm. I just don't know what to make of him, really. So, uh, But I feel pretty good with him, with him at 17. So who, who, who were they again? So Herbert. Herbert, Cousins, uh, Burrow. Joe Burrow. And I actually – where did you did you did, where did you have Ryan Fitzpatrick? So Ryan Fitzpatrick's at the top of my bottom ten. So my last tier is the bottom ten. I have him at twenty four. Okay, I had him at eighteen because he had a good year last year. He had fourteen or four point four percent turnover worthy plays because you just know that he's going to throw a ton of picks. Like so, like if you're taking that with a grain of salt, like like I do, then like you like you you just know you're getting that. But I can I can live with that because he's just going to chuck the hell out of it. You know he's yeah. He's going to throw it, and I think that that defense is really good, too, in, in Washington. They'll be able to overcome yeah. a lot of those picks. So, But, yeah, so I, I, I put him at 18. He's at the top, uh, bottom of that, that third tier. So he, he might he's probably be in a tier by himself, but I have him right between Burrow and, and Roethlisberger because I, I don't think he belongs with, with uh, like, Ben and Jimmy G and, and Daniel Jones. I don't think he belongs with those guys. I think he's a little bit better, but he probably doesn't belong with in the same tier as, as Baker and Tannehill and – and Dak and Kyler. Yeah. So the guys for me, Tannehill and Carr right there. I mean, I have their names written down and, and Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts is a guy that's really tough for me to rank because I think he's garbage and the media is hyping him up and he's sort of this fantasy football darling. That's another guy I can almost probably guarantee the, the Ryan say, but guarantee that the Philadelphia will have a new starting quarterback week one of the 2022 season. So I had a lot of limb there. And I know you're being sarcastic. I had a tough time. I put him at 30. I put him in between Zach Wilson. I have Zach Wilson (laughs) better than Jalen hurts because I'd rather have Zach Wilson. 
and Jared Goff. So he's he's down there at thirty. Um, that was one that was that was really tough for me. Yeah, it hurts. Twenty nine. So we have in the same Darnold. spot. Yeah. You have one spot ahead of Darnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Darnold twenty seven. I got Danny Dimes at twenty eight. Uh, Zach Wilson hurts golf there, and uh, I've got all the rookies by themselves. And I got Lawrence Fields, Lance Wilson, Jones. You know, I always hurt myself by trying to rank these rookies and put them in place. I got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields at eighteen and nineteen, uh, right ahead of Tua, and then Carr and Cousins and Cam. There, I just. Again, I'm, I'm trying to project where I think these guys are going to be, how they're going to play compared to some of these other guys. All right. Who outside of the top 10 has a chance to be in there next year? Who do you think has the opportunity to rise up into that top 10? I think uh, obviously, you know, with our differences and where we have Herbert ranked, I think the easy answer is Justin Herbert. And, you know, again, I have him ranked where I do just because, it's not as much projection. It's just, I need to see it a little bit more. You know, I think that he has a lot of potential. Like I said, I'd take him. I'd rather take a shot on him than some guys I have ranked ahead of him, but I think he's the guy and probably Burrow, you know, um, you know, two young guys. I know that's kind of a cop out, but those are the two guys that I see going up. I mean, this list at the top, you know, the past few times we've done it, we've had pretty much the same names of guys in those top six, seven spots, you know, only guys coming out of there are guys that are retiring. So it's more about fallers. I, th- I feel like this list the past few years. Yeah, look, it, it's definitely a cop out for me to say Joe Burrow because I have him at 11. You know, that's sort of the easy answer. So I'll go out on a limb a little bit here. I know we differ in Carson Wentz. I have Carson Wentz at 13. If he has a good year, if the Colts go to the playoffs, and he returns to the form that he was at a few years ago with Frank Reich, I think – He has a chance, but I'm going to say the two guys that I think probably have the best chance seeing where Herbert and Burrow went from last year's list to this year's list. I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I got Lawrence at 18. I got Fields at 19. I think if those two guys, Lawrence probably doesn't have a chance to go to the playoffs, but Justin Fields, the the Bears made the playoffs last year. So just too, though. (laughs) Right, because that's a terrible, you know, that division right, isn't yeah. great, right? So I'm going to say sort of my dark horse, and it's weird to call him a dark horse because he's at 13, but Carson Wentz potentially has probably hit his ceiling a little bit there. So I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and I would give Fields the slight edge uh, because of the team that he's on and the potential performance that he could have. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so – there's you talked about it's more the fallers, you know, who has a, the best chance for you of potentially falling into the bottom 10 of this list or, you know, maybe even falling off completely next year. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins, you know, like I, I you know, if you can't pick up yet, that's been one of the hardest guys for me to just kind of place. I think he's got this year and another year left on his deal. I'm not sure how much Minnesota wants to keep him. Who knows if they don't make the playoffs, maybe Zimmer's gone. So like that whole team and organization could be in complete rebuild mode or whatever but you know he's definitely one that i could see just just falling off maybe matt ryan is a guy that you know yeah. i i'm still i'm still high on him i'm still i still have him ranked nine reports from camp are not glowing about that offense so um 
maybe he's a guy that could take a drop here with a new another new OC in town. So those are my two guys. I know you're big on Arthur Smith and the offense that he's bringing to Atlanta, but I, I agree with you. I have Matt Ryan at 12. I think I think he's a guy with a bad year. <laughs> Maybe he falls off this list completely. I mean, we could see a situation where Where did you say you have him? I am at 12. Yeah. I have him right between Wentz and Burrow. You know, that's more of and I know we talk about it's a snapshot moving forward, but that's more of a you know, a career achievement award, in my opinion, on this list. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is a you know, 17. I don't see Jimmy finishing the year as the starting quarterback in San Francisco. I don't know when he's going to be taken over by Trey Lance. I think I said that earlier. Uh, I anticipate that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. All accounts is that Trey Lance looks really good in camp. And I believe that Kyle Shanahan's going to want to get him in there sooner rather than later. It's really just a matter of how well he's adapting and learning the offense. So I'm going to say Matt Ryan, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm a little more certain. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of a, uh, of a dark horse. And this is a guy that I'm fully behind. He's a young guy, but I think Tua, who I have ranked at 20, if you know, two is a full year recovered from that hip injury. He had a very short leash last year. They've gone out, they've spent money, capital both in free agency and in the draft on getting him weapons. I feel like with the leash that uh, Flores has shown him already, this might be a situation where Tua could be out of the mix quickly you know they could draft another quarterback if they have a bad year and don't continue to improve off I believe they won 10 games last year if they don't continue to improve on it let's say they go 7 and 10 or 6 and 11 they very easily could be drafting a quarterback next year and if they do then you know two is either traded or he's the backup quarterback there and, and he's in the bottom 10 or off the list altogether yeah I already have both those guys Jimmy G and Tua down there so yeah. I think Tua, obviously, just based on situation, has a more more of a chance of moving up than than either of them. But, and I can certainly see him doing that. I, I just, you know, I, I totally agree with on Jimmy G. I mean, I've already got him down there, and I I don't see him moving up anymore. So let's do a little quarterback rapid fire here. I got a couple questions for you. Let's start first with kind of the rookies. I'll ask you, who do you think? starts first here let's just assume Zach Wilson Trevor Lawrence are starting day one I don't know what's going on in Chicago <laughs> with with Justin Fields so I, I believe he's probably going to end up starting week one so let's just look at Lance and Mac Jones who do you think starts first Trey Lance or Mac Jones I'm going to go with Trey Lance we have the, the, watching Cam in the preseason has been kind of scary. You know, I don't think that he is very good. I don't think that Jimmy G is very good. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of who can hold him off the longest. And I, I think it's probably Cam just because Belichick we've seen Belichick has, you know, he likes Cam. I was I think everybody was kind of surprised when they brought him back again for this year. And, you know, he's the starter. So, you know, another preseason game for them later this week that we'll get to see. Uh, how cam looks but i think it's probably lance you know like he's got those he just does so much more than jimmy g and um inside that offense he's just like a perfect made for that offense fit and he's gonna have like those big wow plays 
where once Jimmy G comes out struggling, fans, writers, everybody's just going to be like, they're not going to be able to keep him off the field. And I think they already have some things planned for Lance to get on the field to mix in. I, I don't think that New England has that with Mac Jones as of yet because there's no real way to just mix them in unless you're just doing like a quarterback rotation, which makes absolutely no sense. So I think it's Lance. I don't know the answer to my own question. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. Look, after week one preseason last week, Mac Jones, people it sounded like he might be going to the Hall of Fame because he looked good in the quarter he got or whatever. Trey Lance looked really good. Look, I'm going to say this. Trey Lance didn't play football for a full year. And the the transition from his program in college to the NFL is more dramatic. Alabama runs a pro style offense. You know, there's there's pro talent all around him at Alabama. So I'm gonna say probably Mac Jones. And look, the reality is they probably both start this year at some point, not due to injury. But I think Mac's probably going to be the one that gets tapped first because Trey Lance's learning curve, I believe, is a lot more steep than Mac Jones is. Yeah, that's that makes sense. All right. <laughs> Here's one for our for our Pennsylvania fans. We're going to ask a this or that question with the quarterbacks of their team. So there was a little bit of debate between you and I, whether it was Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. So we'll just say, we'll, we'll say Mason Rudolph, because he's probably the backup at this point. So do you think who's more likely we see this year, not due to injury? So the starting quarterback gets benched Mason Rudolph or Joe Flacco. Mm, I, uh, you know I'm going to go. I'm going, um, I'm going with Flacco. Yeah. I think, um, you know, look, they're paying Ben all this money. And as long as he can walk, he's going to be out there. And, you know, we, we just, we just know how he, we just know how he is. Um, he's not going to practice all week. He's going to show up on Sundays and play in the games and it's not going to look good, but he's going to be their guy. They're, they're not, they're not going to pay him all that money to sit him on the bench for Mason Rudolph. You know, I hope he plays for seven more years, Ben Roethlisberger. So I just feel like Mike Tomlin's going to die on that Ben Roethlisberger hill. Absolutely, I was going to say that too, like a new coach you know, in Philly. He's going to do whatever he can to try and get wins. Sirianni's got no loyalty to Jalen Hurts whatsoever. Joe Flacco's already, I don't want to say he's looked good in the preseason, but he's getting more highlight plays. There's a game later this week. The Patriots and the Eagles are playing. I was in Philadelphia. I traveled for work this week, and I saw the Patriots uh, playing at the Philadelphia airport on Monday. So we're going to get to see Jalen Hurts. We're going to get to see Joe Flacco. We're going to get to see Mac Jones. We're going to get to see Cam. I mean, these are guys that we've talked a lot about during this episode, so it'll be interesting to see which one of, the guy, which one of those guys on, on both the teams actually looks better. And this is the reality, right? Because we're now in a three-game preseason, this is the dress rehearsal. Now, what does the dress rehearsal look like? I don't think the starters are going to play three quarters, but they'll probably give the starters quarter, and, and they'll probably give them a half, at, at least a quarter. So real football is about to be played uh, starting Thursday night. All right, last one. Our guys in Denver, I have Teddy B and Drew Locke is the last – two guys on my list. So I said earlier, I believe 
and Denver fans, we love you. We certainly love you, but I believe the Denver quarterback situation right now is the worst in the NFL. So who do you think starts more games in Denver? Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? Ah, come on, come on. You're coming with the brain busters today. I'm going to yeah. go. I'm going to go. Man, it's just tough because, you know, Bridgewater turned the ball over a lot last year, too. It's not like uh, it's not like he was a bastion of, of ball protection and there's just not a lot of upside. There. I'll go with Locke. I think it's interesting. I don't know the answer to the question on this one either. You know, it is a brain buster. Vic Fangio. It, this might be his last year in Denver. If they don't perform, he might get fired, and then they're all going to be gone, right? Fangio will be gone. Locke will be gone. Bridgewater will be gone. You know, does he attach himself to a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who's a veteran, who's shown he can – look, he's not a superstar, but he's definitely shown he can perform at a high level more consistently than Drew Locke can. They're they're going to give Drew Locke, I believe, every every opportunity to kind of show what he has with the plethora of weapons with Judy. Cortland Sutton was hurt last year. KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, the whole nine yards, right? And then the the running back duo of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. So I'm going to say, you know what? Everything I just said, I still believe Teddy Bridgewater starts more games. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to start 10 games. I I just, I don't know. Drew Locke, I, I think that Vic Fangio is going to get to a situation where he's probably going to have to go to the guy that's a little bit a little bit more consistent. Uh, maybe he doesn't have as high of a ceiling, but his floor certainly isn't, isn't as low either. I guess um, I'm just looking at the stuff from last year. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of surprising. You know, they're, they're, they're extremely similar. The only thing, you know, that really stands out looking at it is, um, you know, Drew Locke made a lot more big time throws at a higher percentage and he threw the ball down the field more, you know, that could be the offense though, too. Right. Matt rule might not have given him an opportunity and and especially late in the year. I feel like they really started to open that offense up in Carolina with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. So I I don't, you know, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, you're right. But over the course of um, in three different offenses for Teddy, I'm looking at it and you know, he's never had an a dot over 7.9. That was his rookie year. 7.9 drew locks last year was 9.7. So I mean, I, he's just not a guy that's going to take shots down the field, you know, in the mode of like, like an Alex Smith. I'm not going to moonwalk, but those numbers are pretty convincing, but I'm not going to moonwalk off my answer. So I'm sticking with Teddy, <laughs> even though I probably don't want to. All right. Enough of the quarterbacks. Let's transition to the over under game this week. We're doing the NFC East. Okay. The NFC East has the AFC West, the NFC South, plus the teams from NFC North and West and the AFC East that finished with the same record as them. So the AFC East is their 17th game. Let's start with the Eagles. You know, look, the the, the question with the Eagles, how bad is this team? We don't, we don't know. I mean, I fully believe, and I've said it throughout the course of, of this episode, that they're going to be drafting a quarterback and have a new quarterback next year. I know you're a big Jalen Rager guy and you think there's potential for him to bounce back, but you know, I just don't know how many weapons they have offensively. They're, they're sort of an 
aging team in transition. I don't know how good their defense is. They have the 49ers at home. They're at the Lions and they're at the Jets. Six and a half is the over under. What do you got? I'm going under, you know, the, the closing schedule with five out of the last six or division games against teams that are all better than them. I'm, I'm going under. Houston and Detroit are absolute dumpster fires. Okay. They, I think those Houston situation, you know, we don't even have to get into that. And the Lions, you know, they got a head coaching problem. Jared Goff's sort of a transition quarterback for them. That's, I think they just wanted to get from out from under Matt Stafford's contract, the whole nine yards there. So because there's two just really, really bad teams, like maybe two of the worst teams in the last 10 years or so, I, I think that helps the Eagles slightly or or potentially hurts them. I mean, they're going to have three first-round picks as long as Wentz plays pretty well. All that being said, I see two and like three maybes. I'm going to be really nice. I'm going to be generous because I feel like I've been banging on the Eagles really for the better part of the last two years. And for the most part, I've been right. But I'm going to say four and 13. I think that's being generous. I really think they're probably a three and 14 team, but I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they win four games next year or this year. And you know what? That hurts them because then they're probably, you know, who knows, you know, then, then they're picking maybe fourth. I don't know. So I'm going to go under four and 13. They're terrible. That's all I got to say. Let's move to the Giants. You know, does does Danny Dimes make the step forward? I think, you know, look, you and I have both been very critical of Gettleman. We've been very critical of the decision to draft Saquon Barkley and then back it up with the the drafting of, of Daniel Jones. Last year, I thought he showed some flashes. He's a guy that... You know, if that if he can make a step forward, they've done some good things. They signed Kenny Galladay. They brought in Kadarius Tony. They got him very late in the first round. Saquon's coming back. That offensive line's supposed to be better. So there's a chance there. So if he can make a step forward, that team could actually probably make a little noise because, as we've said, this is the worst division in football. So there, there is a chance there. They have the Rams at home. They play at the Bears. They play at the Dolphins over under seven. What do you think under? <laughs> I don't think there's a chance there. I think they're awful. Those two guys that you just mentioned, Kadarius, Tony and Kenny Galladay, like they, I, I, they've practiced like twice combined this year. Jones is not good. Saquon's not going to be ready till like week four. Um, it doesn't matter if he plays week one anyway. He's a running back um, under. I just not good. I mean, they're, they're, that's a complete rebuild. And they, 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 and the funny thing is, is we talked about this already, but they acted like a team um, that was close. They made moves like a team that was close all offseason, and, and they're not. So I'm going uh, way under. But that's Gettleman, right? I mean, that's he might think they are close. You know, Joe Judge is obviously an interesting situation. They're doing joint practices. I don't know if you saw this. They're doing, doing joint practices with the Browns. And uh, Joe Judge had his team out there running sprints today. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> like during during a water break he had his like the browns and, are over and there getting after, and after so look we've 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 talked about joe judge i think it's a relatively easy schedule but there's and, and there's no real tough stretches so i think there's a chance for them week to week look I see five and, and three maybes there. I mean, the good thing for this team and the other teams in this division is they get to play the Eagles twice, right? So five and three maybes. I'm going to push. 
I know it's a little bit of a cop out, but I think that number of seven for them is is probably pretty good. I'm going to say they go seven and ten. The Giants are probably one of the Eagles' wins. That's not. Yeah, I, I did put them as one of the maybes. So. The Giants at home was a maybe on the Eagles list. All right, let's move to the Washington football team. They got a really good defense. Is there still enough Fitz magic left? Can he do enough? That team, uh, that defense, if that can team continue, that defense continues to improve. They brought in Curtis Samuel, Terry, Terry McLaurin's and another year better. I think they got a chance to be pretty good. Now they do. They got a really tough schedule. Okay. They got the Seahawks at home. They play at the Packers and they play at the Bills. Eight and a half is the number for the Washington football team. What do you think? Yeah, schedule not not loving it. What was it? Eight and a half? Eight and a half. Yeah, give me the over. I think it's close, but I think they are the best team in the division. Um, I think the defense is really good. And you know, I like Fitzpatrick. I think he's better than any quarterback they had in their last year. And, you know, they won seven last year. You know, now they get that first place schedule, which is which is definitely rough on a team that's that that's probably not of that caliber. They but I think there's enough on the roster and enough on the schedule for them to get to to nine. They got a tough six game stretch from the middle of October through the end of November. That six game stretch is going to tell a lot with their season. I see six and like five maybes on there. I'm going to go over. I'm a fan of this Washington team. I I like the coach. I I like the quarterback. I I like the defense. I'm always a defensive guy. You know that I'm going to go over. I'm going to say they get to 10 and seven. Last but not least, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they have one of the best receiver groups in the NFL, without question. Zeke's back. He's looking really good. You know, how's that going to look? You know, he's already got the shoulder, the under the muscular thing under his shoulder. You know, that team's only going to go as far as Dak Prescott's going to take them. Their defense isn't great. They brought in Micah Parsons, and, you know, he's obviously an elite athlete and those kind of things. But is there a maturity there for him to be the best player on a defense and and lead a defense? I don't know. So that team's only going to go as far as Dak will take them. They have the Cardinals at home. They play at Minnesota, and they play at the Patriots. The number there is nine. What do you got? I hate doing this. I feel like we do this every time. But um, and I felt like – Dallas is one of those teams that, uh, you know, always gets a little bump when um, you're looking at things like point spreads and win totals just because they're America's team. You know, they got a ton of fans. They get a ton of action. Um, Not according to Jim Rome. But uh, according to Jim Rome, the Cleveland Browns are America's team. <laughs> Jesus. I'll say push. I think they're about a nine and a nine and eight team. I think they're about a 500 team. So you think Washington wins the division? I do. Yeah. Okay. They have a tough two-game stretch to start, but there's no other real tough stretches on there. They lucked out. Obviously, they didn't lock, luck out with Dak getting injured last year, but you know that that helps and, them. And to start and to start this year. Well, you know, it's it sounds everything I'm hearing sounds like he's gonna he's gonna start week one for sure. So. I I just be a little nervous. Yes, all. I see nine wins. I I think more highly of of them than you do. I see nine like for sure's and four maybes I'm, I'm gonna go over with them i'm gonna say they get to 11 and six this is gonna be 
the first time in several years where the team that wins this division is actually uh, from a record standpoint uh, showing that they're, they're a good football team. So now I just want to touch on something. You said you're a defensive guy. What about that defense from last year gives you a thought that says this team that added, you know, Micah Parsons and, and not much else is a potentially 13 win team. I said 11. I said 11. You said you saw nine wins and four maybes. That's that's 13. So potentially 13 wins. I think they're going to have an elite offense. I think I think Zeke's going to be all that. You know, they have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Not as good as it used to be, but it's still one of the better offensive lines. They have an elite receiving core. Their quarterback is, you know, a top seven, eight, nine guy in, in the league. So. They have an offense that they will – I believe they'll be in shootouts like they were last year, and I think they can win 11 games. I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm just – I'm yeah, looking, I'm reading the landscape. I mean, look, they, they got two wins off the bat, right? And probably – actually, to be honest with you, they probably got four wins off the bat with the Eagles and the Giants. So that means they only got to win seven more games. I don't know. Even, even with Dak last year, they ranked 18th in EPA per play on offense cd lamb is a guy that you're really high on amari cooper very high you know amari cooper gallops their third guy i love cooper too i love yeah Gallup. i'm just um, i i, I, I think had all those guys last year i'm infatuated with their offense that's it stuff we have upcoming the madden 22 preview came out this week we guessed it on zero dark nerdy now, Brian Hernandez, B. Hearn, had us on. We talked about the 99 Club, so make sure you check out the Madden 22 preview on Zero Dark Nerdy. We also, we're going to try to incorporate more English Premier League soccer. We have Formula One. Our Formula One roundtable was a hit. We're going to try to bring that back. We also have our NFL and college football previews. Expect the college football preview to come out the week of the 30th. So not next week, but the week after. And then the NFL preview to come out the week of the 6th. The NFL starts Thursday, the 9th. So we will put the episode out on the 7th or the 8th. Don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, subscribe to us. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Somebody suck me!
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.